Hello and welcome to the It's Not Personal podcast, a podcast about making work more engaging, more fulfilling, and ultimately more human by taking the ego out of leadership. I am here with Ken Grady, a Fortune 500 CIO and business leader, as well as gentleman farmer and snappy dresser. And I'm here with Seth Rigoletti, my always friend and often collaborator and co-conspirator. Seth is an executive and communications coach who's worked with a number of different organizations and whose superpower is helping people understand the difference between what's being said and what's being heard. What, how can you make work more human? You know, how can you make it something, a place that, that people actually not just want to be at, but feel like there can be a whole person? Yeah, it can bring their whole self. Right. And, and therefore, we named it It's Not Personal? Yeah, it's a little bit of a contradiction, I know. But we talked about in the last episode, you know, a lot of success in building relationships because, you know, in almost any business, you need other people to succeed. We talk a lot of metaphors. It's a team sport. But it means setting your ego aside to create a stronger relationship mm. and trust mm. yeah. um, in how we help each other succeed. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So today, Ken, we're we're going to talk about meetings. Yeah. And, and uh, I know this is a, a topic that a lot of listeners especially in in work have a lot to to say about and and think about a lot but before we get started can you just tell us a little bit about you're you're a CIO at a Fortune 500 company that has you know been through a lot through the pandemic has been very successful you've been very successful in what you've been able to do what's changed with meetings what's changed in in work life from 2019 to now. Uh, you know, I love this because it's it's a it's a perennial complaint. People talk about like I'm in so many meetings, you know, I've got I, I'm in meetings and I can't get my actual work done. That's one of my favorite complaints. Uh, and have thoughts about it, but it, it certainly, you know, there there's also these different kinds of meetings. You know, even when you go into a meeting, if you think about the old days, the before times, 2019, you know, when we were in the office, you'd have the pre-meeting where you got coffee with your, you know, colleagues and and then you'd sit down and you'd have the actual meeting and then you'd have the in the hallway conversation meeting after where you're catching up. Uh, my favorite was the meeting to plan the meeting. Those were always yeah, great. Those are always the best. Um, and it's funny too, because I was complaining. I wasn't complaining. I was, you know, but I was sharing. I said, I have a busy week, you know, and I remember this was, this was again before COVID even. But I was saying, look, look at my calendar. I've got like seven hours of meetings a day. It's very typical. And somebody's like, oh my God, that's terrible. And I said, you know, I mean, yes and no. You know, my job is to help others be, as a CIO, as a, as a leader, my job is to help other, is help teams be successful. And a lot of that means coming together and reviewing information and data and talking about challenges and looking at the information presented, you know, and, and helping to develop, you know, paths and, and support, and et cetera, and then going to the next topic and doing it all over again. And I said, there are worse ways to make a living, right, right than right. actually helping other people be successful, you but know, through with, the meetings. Ken, with, with the absence of the the coffee meeting before the meeting yeah. and the hallway meeting before the meeting and then the meeting that happens right leaving the meeting. <laughs> like what what's happening now it's changed a lot you know we've all kind of lived through the last two years and, and i should actually back up and say you know for those that are in roles that have been able to pivot to a more virtual uh, world which is not everybody we have a lot of folks that have been on site and hands-on roles in, in labs or, or delivery or in you know, manufacturing etc but then we have those that are have been able to pivot off-site 
and you know our meetings are, are Zoom enabled or Teams enabled, and you don't have the same natural opportunity to connect as people yeah. before the meeting. You really you get in and you're you're focused on the agenda in there. We felt in that first few months the gap that we used to have in building a rapport in the discussion. And, you know, I think that that's a really, actually, that's a that's an important part. Let me pause for a moment and ask, ask you, Seth, like, how do you define what a meeting is? Just because we, we know that we were missing something when we moved into this COVID, you know, Zoom world. So what what is it that we are missing in the meeting? Like what is it? What is a good meeting? Um, and how do you define it? How, I think we need to define it before we can actually figure out how to solve it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, so funny. Like as you were saying that, I, I resist so much this like codifying of things. Like I, it's just part of my nature. But I I know that that's a thing. I know that we need to actually be able to talk about this. And and I think, you know, w- what what happens to us is we think of a meeting as a thing and the thing becomes the ob- object mm. or the or the objective rather right the goal the goal is to have a meeting you know and and, yeah, and, yeah. and so we all get together and and if you think about it just must be really semantic everybody like a meeting is an agreed upon set of time in a set of parameters about what we're going to talk about. And there's something that you're trying to do. And there's like some time limit that you're trying to create, you know, to, to set to. And there's some space that you've created in order to meet those other people because other people have to be there. It's not a meeting if nobody else is there. So that's true. But at the end of the day, I think, Ken, you said this, you know, at one point that it's all it's all about communication. It's all about the relationship moment. And yes, there are things to be done. Right. But there's this opportunity every time you're in space with somebody, every time you're in connection with someone, every time you 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 see someone in the hall or you see someone in line at the coffee shop, you're thinking that's a human being like I ought to say something to them. Mm -hmm. Right. Um. And in that moment, right, you you are going to learn something. You're going to connect with them. You're going to have an experience of them that is far beyond just the objectives of the work, right? But we didn't actually, we never codified that yeah. as part of work. We never actually, like, we sort of talked about it, this, this like, milieu of, like, work-life, you know, thing that happens in the in the boxes of the building. But, like... What happens when you take that and you put that online? Well, I mean, you you sort of put your finger on it, like you know, bumping into you at the coffee in the coffee line, the cafeteria. That's a meeting, right. right? We have an opportunity to exchange, you know, hey, how are you on this project, or how are your kids right now? Like we're having a meeting, you know. And then you have the other ones where I talked about like the hallway conversation, you know, or even like I, you know, you and I are in the gym together and we're we're talking about whatever. Those are all meetings. What happened when we went into the Zoom world, and for lack of a better term, was the only kind of meeting that was preserved was that structured work project focus. So you know, so that was the that was the meeting. And so we lost that richness. And I, you know, I think about this because again, people complain about they love to complain about meetings. And I think about it a little bit, I don't know, a little bit differently. I thought a lot about what we lost in those first few months because we all felt it. And I said, okay, so how are we going to solve for what we lost? Well, if I think about all those other kinds of meetings that we had, I said, the thing that we were doing 
in both the structured business meeting, the chance meeting in the coffee line, the, the conversation at the gym was we were building a relationship. And even in the work project meeting, like that's my goal in every meeting is I want to walk out because because you said it like a meeting is just a structured form of communication. Well, you could send an email, mm -hmm. right? If it, if the intent is just to inform, you could send an email. If you want to structure a poll, you can do that online. If you want to share data, you can share an Excel or, or things. A meeting is the purpose is a little bit different. It's purpose is to have an invite conversation ideally 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 but there's but we have to name that that's not oftentimes if 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 the objective if my objective to have a meeting is to have a meeting I'm not actually in conversation with you. Oh, yeah, right? I know. I mean, I, how many of us have been to meetings that are just, this meeting is, the purpose of this meeting is to inform. Right. You know, to ensure we're all on the same page. You know, I'm going to give you right all there. the same What's information. That? What's the, that? The ensure that we're all on the same page. What is that? That, that? that metaphor of ensure we're all on the same page generally means I want you to all be on my page. Right. right. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you the page that I'm on, and I want you all to be there, too. And I'm going to tell you why I think you should be there. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know, and that's fine. And sometimes I've certainly been in, you know, that we have big meetings with hundreds of people attend, and it really is a cascade of information, and it's not really set up for a conversation. That's a different kind of purpose. Yeah. But if I have a, a yeah, right. one of these other business meetings, really, if my purpose isn't to inform, then I'll, I'll send an email, send that kind of thing. But generally, what I'm looking to do is to achieve... You know, when I say a better relationship, I'm not trying to be friends with everybody in the meeting. But honestly, if we ground ourselves in the fact that for most of us, our businesses are group activities, multifunctions, you know, we need finance, we need operations, we need IT, we need, you know, sales, everybody uh, pulling in the same direction, then what we're doing is we're having a conversation around what are the barriers? What do I need from you to be successful? What do you need from me? So you can be successful, right? Well, actually, think about that. This this is something that's really, um, I think, it's overlooked. Everything, everything we do, for the most part, everything we do requires some sort of collaboration and cooperation. Yeah, right. Like we have to communicate so much. I know there are people on your team. Yeah, who would like not to have to communicate with anybody because the communication is stopping them from getting the work done. But the problem is if they keep coding or they keep getting the work done, but they don't communicate to anybody, they'll build something that nobody can use. Yeah, no, right? I mean, and, and I do work in a technical discipline and I, I grew up in a technical discipline and, you know, you sit down to write code um, that you, you do hope somebody's going to use someday, but it wouldn't be convenient if you never had to talk to that person. Right? You never had to get right. feedback for that person. Right. We know better. We know that that's not good. So this is the this is the thing is these these opportunities. Every meeting is an opportunity to improve the understanding between the players. There, right? That say that again. Every meeting is an opportunity to improve the mutual understanding between the people in the room. So I'm going to tell you something I think is kind of radical. It's radical about that what you just said. I think that that is true. But I think what happens is we get together in a room and we try to convince each other what that understanding is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I think I think what I'm thinking more and more is that 
now again, this is not a meeting to inform. This is not, I'm not talking about like, here's everything I'm doing right now. Yeah. They're really boring right. meetings. They're reporting means, but they're, they, they need to happen sometimes. Yeah. But the part I'm saying is like, we're, we're actually trying to understand where we don't understand each other. We're trying to surface where are we actually missing each other? That actually, so, so if you think about it, communication, like I text you and I say, let's meet at four. You're going to text back and be like, where for? Right? And I'm going to say, hey, how about we meet at the corner here? And you say, well, I don't want to go downtown. Like, we, there's this back and forth, and we're trying to understand, what do you think I mean by 4 o'clock? What do you think I mean by meet up? Where do you think? And I'm trying to understand, where are you willing to go to meet me? It's all this, like, where are the gaps? Yeah, and, you know, I think that that means you have to ground yourself in an openness to believe that you probably have gaps. Oh, so there you go, right? <laughs> there, back to the ego, back to the it's yeah. not personal, right? Can't are you willing? Well, I read in preparation for this, I was, you know, thinking about like, you know, what is a good meeting, what's an efficient meeting, what's an effective meeting, a lot of describers, uh, a lot of adjectives to to throw in. Like I was reading this guideline around, you know, how do you structure effective meetings? And of course it was all the typical things like you have an agenda. Right. You have a goal. Right. Everybody sees the pre-reads two days in advance, whatever it is. And every one of those, what I kept coming back to was what that means is you're trying to reduce the gaps and understanding of expectations between the stakeholders. Right. Right. That's really what it's grounded in is, hey, this is what I need from you in this conversation is I'm going to talk about this topic. I have this objective. You know, I'm going to create an opportunity for you to provide feedback. I'm going to be, I'm going to listen to that feedback and we're going to work together on this shared outcome. Really what you're doing is you're, I don't know, you're creating this common sense of purpose, which yeah. sounds, well, of course, I mean, it sounds fundamental, but I really do think that we overlook it. It sounds fundamental and yet. How many people actually do this? How many times have you been to a meeting where you felt, where you felt, and may, granted, you set a lot of the meetings, so maybe you do feel this way, but, but, but how many times do you go to a meeting where you're not in charge of the agenda, where you feel like you are valued? And you don't have to actually say how many those are because we already know, right? Very few meetings do we go to we show up to where there's an agenda where somebody wants us to do something, right? Where we feel valued. Yeah, I, I don't know where you think the role of CIO is, but I don't schedule a lot of the meetings. <laughs> <laughs> They're scheduled on my behalf. They're scheduled for me, and I told where to show up. Um, but I do think that that approach to, you know, again, back to genuine curiosity. What do I need to bring to this conversation to help the other person be successful. What do I need from the other people for me to be successful, for my team to be successful? Being open and you know honest and curious up front is fundamental. And then what I what I really feel like is if you're if you're able to honestly do that and walk away from the meeting, you know, with a advanced understanding of those common goals, 
then you really are creating better relationships that help you in the next discussion that you're going to have, because you're going to have more meetings and you're going to talk about that thing five more times from because right. you're going to get new information. Right. Um, but you're, you're coming at it from a sense of almost community rather than kind of my individual agenda. Right. And I think, I think that, you know, hearing you talk about that made me think of a couple of questions that maybe I, I sort of intuitively ask myself when I, in theater or, or when I was teaching or whenever I would have a meeting, you know, first question is where, where do I want us to go? Right. Where, where, am, where are we trying to get to? Right. And the second question I would intuitively think about is where are we now? Mm. Like, I don't just mean like, like literally, all right, where we are, but like where, like everyone's in a different place with where we're trying to go. So trying to understand where they are. And then I want to sort of surface, what are the obstacles to us getting there? And some of those obstacles might actually be things that they have to do, right, in order to get us there. Some of them might be problems that are in the way of us getting there, blocking agents or people who are not let, don't want that thing to happen. It, it could be resources, could be anything, but but trying to surface that because we can't actually solve this problem together. Well, and I think we that, you know, that, that I like that where are we because we've all been in what we would call, whatever it means, a quote unquote bad meeting or a meeting not going well. And again, I think that if you have, a, again, grounded yourself in, hey, we're all here for a reason and we're going to try and we're all here for each other's success. And, and by the way, I want to make clear, this is like, this is not just group meetings, cross-functional meetings. This could be a one-on-one -on -one with one of your employees. This could be a meeting with a customer, right? Right To advance like the, the relationship right. and help understand what each other's needs are. I think this, this holds true in almost any context. Uh, for these kind of these kind of discussion meetings uh, or project meetings, et cetera. But, you know, we've all been to those bad meetings where you're like, this isn't going well. Right. Right. And if you're grounded in thinking we're here to listen to each other and contribute to each other, you can actually stop and, and, and redirect the conversation. You know, and I think this is really important in uh, whatever we call this, I hate the word virtual because they're real, like virtual meetings, they're real meetings. You're just using technology to support <laughs> yeah. them, by the way. Yeah. You know, virtual employees, you're a real employee wherever you are. But I think in, in the Zoom world, if you don't hear from somebody, because you don't get body language in yeah. these meetings right. to cue off of, so you can check in and say, hey, Natalie, I haven't heard from you. You know, what do you think about this? Hey, Eric, you know, what are your thoughts on A, B, and C or where we've got, what's the data say? So in order to do that, in order to actually be able to do that, what do you have to let go of? I think you got to let go of, of, again, or approach it with a lack of a presumed outcome. You can have a intent. You can absolutely have an intent for the meeting. Yeah. But I think the presumption of the outcome, that your intent is kind of the, the core, that there's not, that you have enough knowledge to, to get to the outcome, I think is, is um, I mean, it's, it's, it's an arrogant yeah, approach, quite right. frankly. So this, is, this was my, like, um, just hearing you talk about it, my thing was always, when I was younger, uh, and I would meet with people, and I would say, here are the things, here are the things I need you to do. And here's how I want them done. Yeah. And here's when I want them done by. And then I would say, any questions? <laughs> and I thought it was a good meeting when there were no questions. 
I thought that was a good meeting. I thought I like I was so clear. I was so clear. I was so cons- like just stand up, you know, Mister in charge that they didn't have any questions, and I was always shocked. When it, the thing didn't happen, yeah. when people were confused, Amazed. when like a week later, people were like, oh, you wanted us to actually do that thing. Like, it, it, and so there's a, a temptation that we have to overcome, which is a temptation to say a good meeting is one that is efficient. Yeah. That, do you know what I'm saying by that? Like, oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I again, I love being efficient. And if we can achieve the common understanding and validate that by checking in with each other. Okay, we all we all understand, like, you know, here's, we're going to do A, B, and C. You're going to do A, I'm going to do C, you're going to do B, right? If you can do that in 15 minutes, awesome. Do that, be done. What gets you there? Because Because this gets back to your point about relationships, okay? So if you are building relationships, how does that improve your ability to have an effective meeting? Right. I think this is this is the natural outcome of approaching these challenges or opportunities, whatever, as relationship building really is a core value and, and kind of goal is because you build a, a shared language, a common understanding, you know, you get trust through that process. And so you do create efficiency mm-hmm. over time because... There's fewer questions about intent. Right. That is that is a beautiful observation. So we're just going to say that again. Most of the things that cause confusion and upsetness when at, when meetings are done come down to assumptions we have. Yes. About what was intended. Yes. Right. Yeah, I heard you. I heard you say, and I thought you meant, and you know, I thought. Oh, I know you meant. I know you meant. You know, we're going to go this way, and you actually meant something completely different, because you didn't create that space for that common understanding. And you know, I think that this is this is like you said. I think you can root most of the upsetness that comes out of these relationships in assumptions about one another's intent, and that's why I really believe in my heart, like these are the opportunities, these interpersonal conversations, which so often happen in meetings, even when we're presenting and we're getting questions, that's a conversation. And you clarify intents and you create space for people to ask those kind of, those questions to, you know, to to clarify assumptions and walk out of there with uh, a common understanding and a ultimately stronger relationship. Stronger relationship, because if you can think, and this is for everyone in the audience, if you can think of your meetings, I mean, everybody's good at thinking of meetings as trying to get stuff done, right? It's trying to get like an agenda taken care of, trying to get tasks assigned, trying to get like clarity about where we are and the in the progress towards the where we want to go. Yes. But if you could also add as a as a common, as a a parallel piece, like, like you said, this idea of like, this is also an opportunity for us to get to know each other better, mm. an opportunity for us to grow as as a team, an opportunity for us to maybe even learn how to let down our barriers. You know, those filters that we use to like interpret other people's actions, the the ego piece, all that stuff. It's an opportunity to do that. And if you can do that, if this is really important. If you can do that, those meetings over time will become more efficient, more effective, and ultimately more enjoyable. Well, and here's one of the silver linings of, and there are, there are a few, but one of the silver linings of the last two years 
is, and I go back to the Zoom enabled, you know, what's changed, right? And what are we getting more of? What are we getting less of? Well, one of the things we're getting more of is insight into each other's being. Right. Right. Because now right. you're on Zoom from your kitchen counter or you're on Teams from maybe you got a home office, you know, but maybe your kid walks in, maybe your dog walks totally. in, totally. you know, and so suddenly you are not. And this goes a little bit back to our previous conversation about, you know, the the person versus the personality. You're not just that thing you put on when you come into the office and you're sitting in a conference room. Suddenly you have an opportunity to, hey, I see you paint. I see you play music. I see you, you know, are helping with homework or cooking dinner. Right. Um, and I think that that we would we would have at one point been afraid of that. Oh, my God, we. I mean, if you think about corporate culture, it's yeah. all about bleaching that away yeah. <laughs> so that you don't, don't bring that in. The, remember, it was like all like, don't bring your, don't bring your home life. Oh, I remember like, you know, and it's, it's a stereotype, but the IBM blue suit, red tie, no family photos on your desk, you know, yeah. all of that kind of thing. Like we, we purposely tried to, as you said, bleach that away and homogenize yes. the workforce, the workplace. And we can't do that anymore. I mean, you know, you got filters and you can blur your background or create an artificial background. And even those choices are interesting. But I think that this is one of the things that I'm I'm desperately hoping we preserve as we go forward. I've had meetings while cooking lunch for my kids. You know, I've had meetings while, in fact, everybody knows that if you call me, if I have a meeting before 8.30 in the morning during school year, I am in my truck. I am driving my 14-year-old son to class, yeah. to school, and drop off. It's important for me. It's time that he and I get to spend together. Uh, my my bride does uh, pick up. I do drop off. And I'm completely, I'm, no, I don't try and present PowerPoint, you know, from that, that situation. But I'm very comfortable taking meetings in my truck as I drive. I've yeah. done it, you know, on road trips, et cetera. And it's really shifted. And, and suddenly, you know, and I can have a conversation about I'm driving my son. And it hopefully communicates without saying that I'm okay for others to do this too. Like this is something that, you know, you you got a personal life that you're going to have to work in and around and that's right. okay. And this is something, so just coming back to this, this question of what is a meeting, right? And, 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 you know, that, that is a meeting, right? You're driving your son to, to school and, and there's this conversation you have to have, and you have that conversation, and your son's actually involved in that mm. in a certain way. Um, but there's like a sense of like it's it, there's it is more permeable than we think. It is more changeable than we think. It is more manifold. Like there are more elements to this than we're you. It can be what you want. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's one of the grand realizations that hopefully we achieve as we move forward. Yeah. You know, post COVID is. It doesn't have to look the way it always did, where we go into a conference room, we're presenting PowerPoint, there's a people around the U-shaped table, we're all dressed in our suits and ties. Yeah, I never wear a tie, uh, unless I'm asking somebody for money, but <laughs> not even then. But, you know, there's, there's an element of personality that we can bring into these conversations that is actually a positive benefit on the conversation. Right. As long as. And this, this as long as it's is, not distracting. As long as it's not distracting. As long as you don't pull focus onto you. Yeah. Right. As long as you're not. I mean, this this is just the thing. Like people again ask that you respect their time, that they feel valued, that they understand. And and if you can create a space 
and this is as a leader, right? You can mm-hmm. create a space that's safe enough for people to feel like they can meet you where they are, that they can be who they are, right? Within a certain scope, right? With of work. And that and that you can say, like, hey, is that a painting? Are you painting? And and they don't feel all of a sudden like they're gonna get in trouble because right. they're 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 not they're not working all the time, right? They are more than that. And so I love how you do that. I love how you do that work. Do you have any advice for leaders who are scared to do this? Who are afraid to like, they're afraid of being laughed at, or if they don't do the PowerPoint, what will happen? Or yeah, I mean, certainly I've played around a lot with. Uh, it depends on. Um, it depends on the kind of, again the type of meeting. You know, there's informed meetings, there's town halls, there's discussion meetings and project meetings and all these kind of things. So there's a little bit of contextualization with this, and a lot of what we've talked about today are more of those working meeting type of discussions. You know, not the cascade of information, but the working meetings. Although there's some stuff I think you can bring to even the cascade. You know, that personalizes it and makes people more human and, and more approachable. Um, I think, you know, those things that we talked about earlier that you can, if you can think about ahead of time, what elements of what what assumptions are people going to walk into the room with? Mm -hmm. And what can you clarify in advance so that you have the most productive and meaningful conversation? What would be an example? Well, you know, again, so an agenda, right? That says this is what my objective is coming into this so that others can say, Oh wait! I have a completely different objective, or I think we you you've missed something, Ken, and we need to we need to think about that. Those are really great because you do um, create a clarity of intent when you walk in. Can we let's name something there? Because I think there's like a thing in that that most people are worried about, which is why am I here? Why am I at this meeting? Yeah, I think thinking about that. Um, quite deliberately where you're sharing, I've asked you, like if you're setting up something new and you're saying, hey, I've asked you, Julie, to be in this meeting because I really, I need your marketing perspective. The team needs your marketing perspective. I I love that, right? I love that because then she knows that she's not there necessarily to be, she's not going to be asked to do something she doesn't already know she's there to do, which is quite frankly, most of us are afraid of. We get called to meetings Whatever, we get called to something and we don't know why we're there. And then we don't know, are we going to all of a sudden be asked to go up to the blackboard and do a calculus problem? (laughs) That better not happen. Well, another thing that I often do is I actually purposely invite, you know, Julie's number two along with Julie. That's nice. Because I say Julie's number two, Michelle. Michelle, we don't need you to contribute during this meeting during the conversation, in the moment, but we want you to be aware because you might be asked to do some work later. This is a development opportunity, you know, but again, create real clarity as to why you're including people, you know, and often, and this is one of the great things too with the Zoom world, is I'm not limited by physical space. Yeah, It's like this conference room only seats 12 people, but I'm like, there's three other people that I think would benefit from being a part of or listening to this conversation. And there's, and there's a a piece about that where you're inviting people and you're telling them it, you're you're being direct with them right explicitly saying you're here to listen and to see what's going on because you may one day be called upon yeah to speak or do something that's yeah. one thing but there's a second thing you're also saying which i think is really important for people to hear and you're here because i want people to see you yeah and know who you are and understand what you do. 
And that piece, I think you do really well, Ken, of like bringing visibility to people and saying, I want you to be seen. I want you to be seen. And that's something that a leader can do very much with a meeting, right? You yeah. can have a meeting just so people could get to know each other. Absolutely. I mean, you know, one thing is um, <laughs> I only scale so much as a leader. Like there's only so many places I can be at any given time. Right. And so I often uh, seek to, want to, need to delegate, offer opportunities to others to go to that. Like I can't be there, but I have somebody on my team who's awesome. She's going to be there and she'll have all the knowledge. But if I haven't included her in other conversations, totally, she won't be able to do a good job representing. So it's a, it, to your point, meetings can be a way to grow the understanding of our teams yeah. and then set them up for success in the future. I, I think that's right. And I, I'm going to add, we sh- we're going to wrap it up, but I think I want to add like a couple of things here yeah. that just, I think to that leader that we were just talking to, who's maybe a nervous about this and trying to figure that, I would start small, start with something you can control, right? So in other words, like meeting with your team, right? Or meeting with somebody, you know, don't, don't try to like whole organization this. And I think if you can make the goal be not just to accomplish what you want to do with the agenda and not just something that's abstract, like we all want to get to know each other, that might be hard for people Mm. to understand. But wouldn't it be interesting if people ask questions? Wouldn't it be interesting if you made enough space and there was enough generative energy in the question and the things that you were putting on the table, they were provocative enough that people ask why? And if you were okay with people asking why, that's going to do so much, so much to building that relationship. Yeah, I mean, I Seth, I really enjoyed this conversation as I do all our conversations, but I enjoyed talking about the fact that like, because we do, we started this by saying we all complain about meetings. So wait, hang on. That might mean we're doing it wrong or we're approaching it with a wrong mindset. And it's not just about like, do you have an agenda? Do you have these things? But like really understanding how you can benefit or create benefit from that moment where you have the, you have been given the gift of time with your colleagues or customers or your direct report. You've asked for that time and entrusted with that time. Make the most of it. And we've talked about all these different ways that you can advance the relationship, you can advance exposure, understanding, you know, common intent and purpose, and really ultimately creating a community, you know, within the organization that's aligned and moving in the same direction. And that's what I think when I think when I hear people complain about meetings, and, and again, I, you know, I'm guilty of it too, you know, but one additional, one extra thing that I'll just share is it's also okay for you to ask the organizer. Why are you inviting me to this? Yeah. If you've created, if that, the leader of that organization has created some psychological safety. Exactly. Because you need that, right? You do. You need to know that it's okay to ask that question. And I think that, you know, then you can come into it and say, I want to be as valuable a contributor to this as possible. Right. Right. Help me understand what your, your needs are for me. Yeah, what would you like? What would you like from me at this right. meeting? And some it doesn't. Sometimes people would just be like, "I just want you to listen." It's like, okay, great, awesome. I now that. I know, right? But sometimes it's like, oh, I'm expecting you to talk about you know this your experience with this thing, and that. And way. if you're uncomfortable, back to your point about if if you don't 
have the domain knowledge, somebody assumes you do, it's an opportunity for you to grab somebody else to yeah. say, this is not me, let to me, say, let me let me get you the right person. Yeah. You know, that's, but what you've done through that moment is you've actually created again, a better relationship, a better understanding, and ultimately a better trust. That's right. That's right. And I love that. And then, you know, this is just another, again, like you said, the meeting is not the problem. Right. Oftentimes how we have meetings, how we think about meetings, how we treat people in meetings, that that's actually the problem in, or at least the challenge, right? That, that creates the, the stickiness of it. So if you want to create a workplace, if you're looking to create a workplace that's more human, right? That, that allows people to feel more engaged, to allows people to feel more, more seen, right? Uh, more effective, more valued. If you want that workplace, you could start with your meetings. Yeah. Right? You could start there. Because if there's one thing that people don't like is not understanding how their time is being used, not understanding what is expected of them, and not understanding how how do I use this, this tool, this meeting tool that we've been given to be better at my job, to yeah. be better in my world. This opportunity to understand how I relate to the others in my organization or across these teams and how I can contribute better. Right, right. So um, I want to thank you, Ken, again, for coming together and having this conversation. I think that I think this is such, you know, whether we're talking about meetings or we're talking about personal versus the personality or we're talking about anything else like, you know, that, that has to do with this work stuff. It's so important that people out there know that you don't have to do it the way you've always been doing it. That there, that it isn't just like one way to do this stuff and that it is possible. It is possible to be a human being in, think, your, in your workplace. I think that if, if we have learned nothing else in the last couple of years, it has been that our long-held assumptions around what work is, quote-unquote, I'm doing it finger quotes, supposed to look like right. is out the window. Right. And that means that we have this opportunity to reshape, to rethink what do we want to keep, what do we want to do different, what do we want to build, what do we want to stop doing as we move forward. That's right. So the challenge here for all of you out there listening is to think about Think about how, don't don't go read a book, please, about meetings. Just think about how you want to feel valued in a meeting. And, and then rethink how you want to structure that meeting. And then participate in that. Like actually, actually try it, right? Try it and see what, see what happens. See how it changes the culture of that team. And share your feedback with us. We'd love to hear Absolutely. what you've tried what experiments you've run, what you've learned in the last couple of years. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much, Ken. It's always great to see you and uh, have this conversation with you. I'll talk to you again next time very soon for the next episode. What's the next episode? Uh, next one is tools can make fools. So right. we're going to shift. We've been talking about, about people. Right. And we're going to talk about tools right. and how they we're, impact. We're going to talk to about it. technology and all the things that we use to, uh, to try to make our lives easier. Uh, at work and other places. So I appreciate right. that. Thanks, Ken. Stay healthy. All right. Bye.